0: Hey guys, it's your two favorite humans. I don't know, maybe not. It's Murder's Not Out. Yay! I'm Anna, and I'm Emily. And thanks for letting us aboard Penetration Station to penetrate your airballs. <laughs> and we're back
1: yay so glad to be here so glad to be here as in my house yep in the pod lab in the pod lab we're no longer in the closet because we cleaned it out (laughs) (laughs) cleaning out my closet
0: (laughs) anyways um yeah it's been a crazy crazy week um Again, I feel like every every episode we say that (laughs) it's been a crazy week.
1: I know. Well, you know, we live crazy lives. Here we are
0: in a room (laughs) with a leg lamp,
1: (laughs) with a leg lamp, and some drinks. Yeah, that's the best part. And some microphones. Hey, guess what? What? Scream. Oh yes, yes, yes. We're going to watch that.
0: Absolutely. I got my ghost face pants on right now. Yeah. Shouldn't
1: I should have worn mine today?
0: We'll wear them Friday. Yeah. Wear masks. Yeah. Scare some, scare the shit out of some little kids. Maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. My kids like that kind of stuff. Meh, mine do too. Anyways, anything new?
0: Besides that.
1: (laughs) Sorry, guys. I had to yawn. It just hit me. Um, Trying to think. I mean, not not necessarily new. I mean.
0: How are you feeling tonight? Uh,
1: I'm good. You're good? good. I'm good. good.
0: I'm drinking this coffee because I am fucking tired. I should have got coffee. (laughs) This is what we have resorted to. Coffee at night like some old folks.
1: Yeah. I I tend to drink a lot of coffee throughout the day anyway, so it's gotten to the point to where like it helps with the ADHD. The caffeine does. What? It does help with ADHD?
0: It just makes me fucking sleepy. I don't even know why I'm drinking well, it. Well, that's right what now. I'm saying,
1: it helps with the ADHD. Like I could literally drink a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. then go to bed. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm trying to drink it.
0: Like it does, it just makes me. It does nothing for me, but it's the thought process. Yeah, it's the thought process.
1: I think when you have so many kids and so many responsibilities, caffeine just fuck responsibilities. I'm gonna be a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I-, I wish I could do that, but We're I'm tired too much... again, guys. Look, I'm too much of an anxious person to like. You Not. are a very
0: anxious person.
1: I can't help it. There's it's nothing wrong with it. My life. It is. You, you. I have that type A personality. And I mean, I'm just, mm-hmm. oh, it freaks me out when, I don't know. I'm just anxious, okay? I worry about everything. <laughs> are you worried <laughs> about the UFOs? No, I don't worry about UFOs. I hope they come get me. <laughs> Take me away. Yeah, they'll probably be like, "Let me fucking bring this bitch back." I know. <laughs> they'll be like, "Nope, this is not a good life form. We are we sending do not, her back. She not is want broken. To, we don't, we don't, want don't want to like probe her." This guy. Yeah. This We're, gal. <laughs> she likes. She likes being probed. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending her oh, back.
0: St- <laughs> God. <laughs> sorry (laughs) we got a little little wild up in here this is our with our coffee at eight (laughs) (laughs) o'clock we're throwing a baller party every year (laughs) anyways today is my episode i don't know i tried so we are just going to
1: Dive Jump. right in.
0: Yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about the murder of Lisa Davis. Now, this case was actually suggested to us by one of our listeners. Shout out to Kaylin. Thank you for suggesting this because I heard of it, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. So, it was it was very interesting. Yeah. And it's a local case and I really got a lot of my information from a article that was published in Memphis Magazine. They did a really good full story on this. So, a lot of my information came from there and then of course other random news articles that yeah. I found. Lisa Renee Davis was born July the 23rd, 1979 in Silom, I hope I'm saying that right. Siloam Springs, Arkansas to Steve and Paula Davis. Uh, she spent most of her earlier life in Oklahoma and with her mother and her two older brothers. And later on a younger half sister after her parents had divorced. She graduated from Grove High School in 1998. Uh, her father later stated in a quote in that article I was telling you about mm-hmm. that Lisa loved tennis and gymnastics. Quote, at one, time, <laughs> at one time, she actually wanted to be a boxer, which I thought was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. And, and she and he, said, he continued to say, and she'd jump around and spar with me. She was always happy and joking. She actually actually competed nationally in gymnastics, which, okay, bad bitch. Yeah, all right. I've seen some of the stuff that they did. I know. Um, Also in this article, a close friend described her as, quote, the girl you'd think you would never be your friend because she was so pretty and cool, but she was real and genuine and cared about everybody and if you look up a picture of her she is absolutely drop dead gorgeous
1: yes she really is she's absolutely she gorgeous. is a i bombshell. remember this yeah she is she is beautiful and of course
0: we will post a picture of her on our social media so you can put a face to a name um, anyways after high school uh, she attended a local college and started modeling she actually ended up going to Hawaii and competing for a job with Hawaiian Tropic Suntan Lotion.
1: Oh wow. And you know, back then, um the Hawaiian Tropic suntan lotion was like a big thing like mm-hmm. on MTV and it's still pretty popular. I mean, it oh, is still pretty popular, so but mm-hmm. you know, I have that coconut allergy
0: and you know, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I did your makeup one time and it had like the coconut. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like But it's
1: fine. It's fine cuz I've pretty much outgrown it, but <laughs> some sunscreens just break me out really bad. I love the smell of coconut. I'm such a nerd.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so while she was in Hawaii, she met a man by the name of William Chad Brantley. And this is what ultimately ended up bringing her to Memphis. Oh, I forgot to mention this case actually takes place in 2009 in Bart, Bartlett, Memphis area. So she met William Chad Brantley while she was in Hawaii. And apparently the two hit it off really well. Um, He was from Memphis and he worked as a Shelby County deputy sheriff on the SWAT team. Oh, wow. I know. Like badass. Both of them. Yeah. Badasses. They, for a while, they took turns driving back and forth to see each other until she decided to make the big move to Memphis to start a life with Brantley around 2003, 2004. She continued to pursue her modeling career once she got here, and it was definitely promising because, listen to this girl's resume when it comes to modeling. She was on the cover of the 2005 Caribbean Tan International Calendar. She was an extra in the movie, The Open Road, that starred Justin Timberlake and Jeff Bridges. She was actually a "quote unquote" bikini babe in Final Destination Four, which was the one oh, wow. that took place at the yeah. racetrack. Um, so bikini babe, I'm guessing one of the
1: yeah. The ones I haven't that- watched that movie in a
0: long time, yeah. but um, I'm I'm picturing you know the ones that hold up the signs yeah. or something like that or promote the race. Um, she was also. A, an extra in I think the article said the hot girl or something in uh Jason Michael Carroll's music video I Can Sleep When I'm Dead which he was a big country singer around yeah. that time she was a dancer in Keith Anderson's music video Picking Wildflowers oh I didn't know that yeah and she also starred in 15 different tv commercials So, yeah, she had a lot going for her. Absolutely. So to say the modeling thing was promising is an understatement. Yeah. She also on the weekends would work with her friend Shannon um, at the casinos doing promos, greeting the gaming crowd. Uh, Shannon later said, quote, Lisa showed me how to do my hair and my makeup. She'd get ready and then she'd help everybody else we had such fun we'd meet the high rollers and make up names for them and i found this funny that is funny like jackie jackpot and lucky lucy (laughs) i mean i i get that i would do something (laughs) like that because you know and and they and she said they all loved her so
1: jackie Jackpot. that's what i want my that's
0: what i want my nickname to be when i want to
1: be lucky lucy i mean right that sounds like go a, in as Lucky Lucy that and then like a crime spree duo. Yes, Lucky Lucy Bank and Rockers. Jackie Jackpot. Fuck yeah. Bank That's Rockers. our new little duo.
0: It's <laughs> gonna be our aliases. Yeah,
1: fuck yeah. <laughs> Lucy, lucky Lucy and <laughs> Jackpot Jackie over here. Done fuck she sounds shit up. She
0: sounds like a total like she awesome sounds like somebody we would
1: hang out with yeah, for sure. She
0: sounds like an awesome person. And not to mention, on top of all of that that I just named. She also maintained a full-time job as a finance ugh, finance specialist at Bumpus Harley Davidson.
1: Oh wow. And
0: and she was a licensed esthetician. Go girl. I'm okay, just saying.
1: So not only was she gorgeous, mm-hmm. she was smart. Absolutely.
0: And all of these modeling opportunities. I mean, she was clearly smart.
1: If she was able to get all this going for herself, I'm sure she was very strong. Yeah, she
0: was a bad bitch. Uh, The timeline leading up to the event surrounding her murder. I just hit the mic stand. I'm sorry if you heard that. So on March the 7th, 2009, Lisa had decided to go out with some friends and co-workers. They were going to go to Bill Street. She met up with a man, um, that she worked with. Uh, his name was Lee Bumpus. They owned the Bumpus Harley Davidson dealership. Um, then his girlfriend, Jessica Price, and a young man named Austin Agee. They all met up in the parking lot of the dealership. Um, it's also important to note, and this is what Shannon later on said in that article as well. Um, that although she worked in clubs and the nightlife scene, um, she explained that most of the time she Lisa would rather be working. Lisa <laughs> had accompanied her to a downtown party, and Shannon stated, quote, I gave her a drink and 15 minutes later she was taking a taxi back to my house. She didn't want to be there. She'd rather be working, end quote. Now this will come into play later so i just wanted to go ahead and yeah. say that i mean i get that because sometimes like i'm thought just of not going feeling out, it
1: yeah. yeah
0: to me the thought of going out and having fun and drinking sounds great but then it when does, i actually get yeah. out there i'm
1: like sometimes i'm just not feeling it uh, this yeah not, i don't really want to be here yeah I i'm have, not a very peopley person anyways me either i have like a limit a well, of, I got real bad social anxiety. Well, me too. And I just have anxiety anyways, but like. We just... know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just generally, like all the anxiety. Just ball a ball of anxiety. A ball of anxiety. It's okay. It's what makes you you. And that's why I love you. So I can make fun of you later. Hey, Not I'd... really. I support her. Hey, whatever. I mean, I'm used to it. Dang, make me sound like a terrible. No, 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 no. I'm I'm just used to being anxious. Like it is what it is. Like <laughs> yeah, hashtag childhood trauma. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Same.
0: Um. So, apparently, on you know they decided to go out on May the seventh or March the seventh, two thousand nine. Now, apparently, this day she was supposed to be she was scheduled to work a promotional modeling job at B.B. King's on Bill Street with Shannon. However, she had called Shannon the day before saying that she wasn't going to work the job but was going to go out with friends instead. And Shannon said she didn't really sound like her bubbly self.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I know. Shannon later stated that she believed that Lisa decided to go out uh, because Lisa was very stressed out at the time. And then reading into this more, she did. She had quite a bit going on. At the end of 2008, a couple of months before her death, um, her and Chad had just purchased a large 3,000 square foot home, and it was in an upscale neighborhood in Bartlett. And then, this is really sad, a few months later, on Valentine's Day 2009, so this is just a couple months later, um, she learned that Chad, they were engaged at this time, that he had been seeing someone else. Mm Mm-hmm she had gotten some money she had received some money from her grandmother when she was younger and she had saved i think it was like twenty five thousand dollars is what the article said and so she had saved it all of this time and she put all of that into that house and you know to start this life with this man yeah. and, and then, then a couple then months later he's
1: cheating oh wow i know
0: that's awful so she moved to the uh to the bartlett area or memphis area in 2003 2004 i wasn't real clear on when because some articles said two thousand and three and then some said two thousand and four. So okay. I understood anyways, still, and this happens. In I mean 2009. You,
1: you literally leave and then mm-hmm. you make this home with this person mm-hmm. and then find out that they're cheating.
0: Yeah. I know That's it was awful.
1: awful. And, and on Valentine's could... Day. I, I mean, I'm know. not a mushy gushy person. I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day, but still. Yeah. That's uh, kind of ridiculous. I, I was <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I don't. I, I can buy myself flowers. I'm sure that's what she was thinking at the, the time. <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: Molly. Auntie <laughs> who? Molly
1: uh, was Hannah Montana at this time. Oh, yes. She was. You we got the, the best, best. of both. <laughs> both worlds. How did we do that? Oh, my. We need to go home.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, are you, you home? are home. I know. Um, her father said that he had spoken to her the Wednesday before she died. So March the 7th was a Saturday. And so he spoke with her the Wednesday before she died. And he said that uh, when he spoke to her, she had told him what happened and that Chad had moved out and, uh, but she was going to do everything she could to keep the house. Yeah. I mean, she just dumped her life savings right. into this. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I could see why she was stressed out. Yeah. You know, she wanted to go out, let loose. Totally understandable.
1: Right. Especially after being in a long-term relationship with yeah, somebody. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, the, they the four met up in the parking lot of the Harley-Davidson dealership. And they loaded into Lee's truck to head to Bill Street. They had visited several clubs over the course of the evening, you know, just bar hopping. If you've ever been to Bill Street, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. You just bar hop. And um, according to Lee's comments later on to the police, she had only had about three drinks, Uh, quote, seemed to be doing fine. We left Coyote Ugly and then walked to Club 152. Um, His girlfriend, Jessica, continued and stated, quote, Lisa started feeling sick and the bar management wouldn't let her go upstairs because she was drunk. We walked outside to get some air and decided it was time to leave, end quote. So it was around 1 a.m. when they decided to leave. So they got back into Lee's truck and headed back to the dealership. Lee told police in his interviews that he didn't think it would be safe for Lisa to drive. So he drove Lisa's car with her in it and navigating the way to her house and then Austin drove Lee's truck and followed behind. Once they arrived, Lee stated that he parked her car in the garage and they all went inside Lisa's house. Jessica stated that she took Lisa to her bedroom and helped her get undressed and in bed, then set Lisa's phone alarm for 9.15 a.m. the next day and told her to be sure to get up and go to work when the alarm went off. Lee and Austin waited in the living room while all of this was going on. And so, uh, once Jessica made sure Lisa's two dogs were in her room with her, Lee, Jessica, and Austin all left the house together. Okay. This brings Mm -hmm. us to Sunday, March the 8th, the following morning. Lisa was scheduled to be at work at 11 a.m. at the dealership. Because, you know, she's still on top of all of this. Right. Trying to work. (laughs) Exactly. So, she was scheduled to be there at 11 a.m. However... Uh, when she had not shown up around 11 20 this was very unlike her Yeah. Um, especially you know given you know she's trying to keep this house and everything. right so co-workers had actually called Jessica to notify her that Lisa hadn't shown up yeah now Jessica stated in her later in her interviews that quote since we were with her last night Lee and I drove over to wake her up End quote. So Lee and Jessica arrived at Lisa's home sometime between noon and 1220 p.m. that Sunday. Once they reached the front door, they they hadn't even gone in the door yet. Yeah. They discovered a horrific scene through the window that sent them automatically running back to their vehicles. And Lee proceeded to call 911. So police arrived on the scene shortly after there was blood everywhere. The foyer, the dining room, the master bedroom, and even on the bed itself.
1: Oh my.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was a pair of panties that were lying beside the bed that also contained traces of blood in the foyer. There were blood-soaked paper towels and bath towels, and this was what Lee and Jessica had seen when they walked up to the front door that sent them running. Also, in the garage, they found a trail of blood that had appeared to have been scrubbed leading to the garage door. And in the corner of the garage, there was a mop with blood and hair on its surface. And mm-hmm. also in the kitchen sink, there was a blue pail and a bloody patterned glove. I'm not real sure. Maybe it was like, you know, some of those clean gloves that were... Right. The latex. Had, would yeah. Would they
1: have some patterns on them or whatever? Well,
0: it says a bloody patterned glove. So maybe there was blood splatter on... Oh, maybe. Maybe the glove. I'm not sure. That one was a little confusing to me. Of course, (laughs) this is a big what the fuck kind of thing. So in the, you know, in the following hours, police took statements from Lee and Jessica. And then, of course, Austin. Lee and Jessica were already there because they're the ones that called the police. And then Austin had arrived shortly after uh, the police arrived. Uh, Also on the scene was Chad Brantley whose, which was the X, the yeah. and whose sheriff's office SUV. Remember, he works for the SWAT team. Right. Oh, His uh, sheriff's office SUV was parked in the cove. Police narrative stated that he appeared visibly upset. You know, in most cases, you want to look at the significant other. Of course, yeah. And Especially
1: because they just broke up
0: right? recently. Absolutely. Um, So he was taken to bartlett police department headquarters and you know chad went through like he and elisa had dated approximately five years and they had been engaged for the past three they you know purchased that home together uh, but recently broke up he stated that he was currently staying with a friend in cordova which is i don't know 15 15 minutes give or take away from the Bartlett area and was uh, he was last inside the home that Lisa and him had shared previously together that they had purchased together on Friday, March the 6th. And he was there because he had picked up some clothing that was still stored in an upstairs closet. Later on in the investigation, it showed that he still had some personal items in the home i mean if you've lived there for a while right right that's to be expected yeah and that he still had a key to the residence he said that last time he spoke with lisa was on march the 6th which was the day before she went out and they had you know talked she had inquired about his payment on a student loan and he also said that on the night lisa disappeared uh he was at the home of a of the friend in Cordova, which police later confirmed this alibi. Bartlett police department's captain Doug Bailey said, quote, we looked at the boyfriend, Mr. Brantley pretty hard. So on Tuesday, March the 10th, this is two days later. Yeah. They still haven't found Lisa, the Harley Davidson dealership to examine, you know, security footage, anything that they could find since that was,
1: Where she worked, yeah. Well,
0: not only that, but that's where they met up in the parking lot after Beale Street, that kind of thing. Maybe to see if she was followed or...
1: That makes sense. You know, that kind of thing.
0: The security camera footage wasn't very helpful because it appeared only the exits and the entryways were taped. It was, quote, to save computer drive space. So as they were examining the security camera footage three other detectives drove to Austin's home because, you know, they were going to re-interview him and get there. And Austin lived in Lakeland, uh, which is, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so, and saw Austin's truck in the rear driveway. And apparently there was a revolver visible on the console. So after knocking and ringing the doorbell to no avail, they kind of Hung out and waited. So around 1.15, Austin's younger sister arrived to the house. The officers stated that they wanted to speak to her brother. She went inside and told her brother that the detectives wanted to speak with him, but Austin wouldn't agree to do it until his mother returned home. Connie Agee, which is Austin's mother, finally arrived to the home. She told police that she would get Austin and be right down be yeah, be right down
1: mm-hmm.
0: less than a minute later all of a sudden detectives hear screaming no Austin no coming from inside detectives entered the house and like raced upstairs right. and found Austin in his bedroom with a gunshot wound to his head and his mother and sister distraught they witnessed this him
1: shooting himself home
0: yes So this is where things get crazy. Remember, we still haven't found Lisa. Right. We still don't know what happened. Apparently, on the bedside table,
1: (sighs) are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I know. Things have like turned. It went
0: like zero to 60.
1: Yeah. So
0: on the bedside table, there were four handwritten notes. One was to Austin's parents. One to his girlfriend Olivia, one to police, and one to quote everyone. Yeah,
1: he must have really thought this out.
0: I don't. I don't. That's
1: a long time. I mean, I'm just. I mean, was it like short little notes, or was it like a long? I because I mean, it takes me a long time to write something. <laughs> I, that's my only takeaway from that, and I'm so sorry that it is. But like, I mean, to me, it had to have been like, uh, like a really. I don't know, pro- process. They were all outside and he was writing letters to everybody? Uh, I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't know everything the letters contained, um, or what all was said. However, one of the letters contained, quote, You will find Lisa Davis at the track where we used to ride. On the right side of the stream in some bushes. My camo jacket is covering her. End quote. Who is Austin Agee? Yeah. Austin grew up in the family's home in Lakeland. And according to his mom, he was a very happy-go-lucky child. Austin was the oldest of three. And he would have been 23 that following July. You know, one of the big questions we ask is why this kind of thing. So this will come into play. So when Austin was little, apparently he developed a kidney disease and was on dialysis for quite a while until 2003 when he was just 16 and he ended up getting a kidney transplant from his aunt. Mm. Um, After this, you know, he took anti-rejection drugs regularly and did well physically. He, you know, attended uh, Arlington Middle and Bolton High. All three of the kids um, actually ended up being homeschooled. And Austin graduated in 2006.
1: I was going to say, side note, um, so anybody that doesn't understand dialysis, it's really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to, de- like, it revolves around, like, your life. So when you go to dialysis, it's typically three days a week, and your procedure lasts three to four hours, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And it and That's it rough. it makes you it can make your body cramp up it can make you extremely tired. Um, it's a it's a long road and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so well and
0: you know by all accounts he was a very just mild mannered
1: like kid very right. laid back. Um, and most of them are most of them are very resilient, but just having a chronic disease in general, it. It's so difficult. It's so mm-hmm. difficult to deal with. And um yeah. I mean, even his sister Brandy,
0: um, or I'm sorry, his mom, Connie, even said with his sister that he was your typical protective big brother. This was very I mean, you know, this affected right, two families right. yeah. because it was so
1: probably out very of unexpected, note. Yeah.
0: out of character. Exactly. He graduated in 2006. He originally wanted to join the Marines, but when he learned that that wasn't a possibility, he pursued the possibility of becoming a pilot. So his mom, Connie, and his father, Tommy, sent Austin to Middle... Middle... MTSU. Middle Tennessee State University. uh, Their aviation school. But... It was apparently short-lived. When he moved back, um, he did a brief stint at Southwest Community College and got a job as a claims processor at Medco. So about a year before all of this took place, uh, he met and fell in love with a young woman named Olivia Bell, who at the time was pregnant by another man. Now, I just want to say, I know how this all goes down, but for him to, you know, step up and decide to right. to make that kind of commitment.
1: Good for him. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. in, in the...
0: At this point in time. Right. (laughs) Shortly before his death, he was actually making arrangements to marry Olivia. Apparently spoiled her. And that they said that Olivia was good for him because she had him on a budget. And Austin, that Austin was ready to take responsibility for someone else besides himself. Um, By all accounts, he was non-confrontational. Tommy, his father, said that if I showed irritation about something, he would just walk off. So, all of this was, you know, it seemed like Olivia and Austin were hitting it off and all of that. Now, apparently, the night before Austin went out with Lee, Jessica, and Lisa, him and Olivia had broken up. And it was apparently over the role of what the baby's biological father would play in their lives. Um, however, the couple ended up getting back together on Sunday, March the 8th, just after Lisa's disappearance. Hmm. It's also important to note that um, Lisa and Austin, you know, they all went out together that night. They, from all accounts, weren't like best friends or that close. Really. They were just more of acquaintances and coworkers, but Austin was really close with Lee because they had known each other since grade school. Yeah. Jessica, or either Jessica or Lee even said that the night they went out, that Lisa and Austin didn't say a whole lot to each other. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like one of those things
1: where you're like in the same friend group.
0: Right. Right. I mean, that's happened plenty of times. Yeah. Back to where we started. They found these notes, they read them. And with the help from Connie and Austin's brother, Parker, police went to the field that Austin was referring to, which was at, Interstate 385 and Salem Road in Lakeland. Yeah. Down the hill and secluded in the bushes, just like the note said, the body was so hidden that, quote, we nearly stumbled on her, end quote, said Officer Bailey. A camo jacket was covering her face. Trigger alert. Her body was, she was wearing a black tank top that was pushed below her breast. Investigation revealed that, revealed that she had been shot twice, once in the chest by a four four ten shotgun combo revolver, and once in the back of the head with a twenty-two automatic pistol.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. It's not often that you see one person using two Too different two different so I th- there was, it was odd. Um, She also had sustained blunt force injuries to her head, torso and extremities based on the information from friends and family members, both the 22 and the 410. I hope I'm saying that right. I've never, I'm, I have no idea. I have, I have guns, but I, I could be saying that wrong. The so I apologize. Uh, the 22 and the 410 weapons were Austin, who apparently engaged in skeet shooting and target practice and carried with a permit in his vehicle or on his person. So, according to the medical examiner, they were able to confirm that the 22 caliber pistol was used during the assault by comparing the strike marks left on the body to specific features on the weapons grip. Specifically the clip release had details that matched up to imprints on the victim's head. Oh, wow. Captain Bailey said the bullet was fragmented so that match was inconclusive. But since the gun was in his hand, when he was hitting her, it's highly likely that's the one he used to shoot her in the head.
1: That's rough. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, like, the... It just doesn't make sense that he would have both of them. Like, uh, I'm sure you're getting there, but, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like... Well, he apparently... What was he carried intention? him regularly. So he probably carried the 22 on his hip and then the shotgun?
0: Yeah, and probably kept the shotgun in his truck truck, yeah
1: but like why did he bring them in the house with the intention of killing her
0: well i don't know i don't know you see what you see what i I'm, see what you're I'm saying like where did the obviously I, something took place in the house yeah. because there, mean, was there was blood everywhere blood everywhere shortly after the discovery of the body uh shelby county's sheriff's office that's a mouthful to say Uh, was working with the BPD, they found a barrel behind the AG's garage that contained a blood-soaked white comforter and a sheet that matched the bedroom set belonging to Lisa. The barrel also contained a woman's bathrobe, uh, blood-soaked blue jeans, and rubber dish gloves with a pattern matching that of the gloves found at the crime scene which all pointed to austin so even though you know she had only had three drinks according to lee and them they also tested her for various drugs to see if maybe yeah you know like date rape drugs or roofies but none of those were detected in lisa's autopsy of course among the numerous injuries that were you know found on Lisa's body, um, there were some that suggested sexual assault. There were abrasions to her thighs, um, her genitals, and her vaginal wall. And apparently there was a little bit of uh, seminal fluid that was found, but it wasn't sufficient enough to obtain a full DNA marker. So it's uncertain as to whether she was sexually assaulted or not, but yeah more than likely it's possible yeah now what's interesting is that you know i told you that austin and his girlfriend had broken up you know the night before and then they got back together so apparently olivia had stated that austin had called her and that he was uh very upset and crying and when uh you know, he was asked why. Um, apparently he told Olivia that he had cheated on her. He originally said that he had raped a girl, oh, wow. but later changed his story to say that he basically begged a girl for sex until she gave in. It's same not any thing. better. It's
1: literally the same. It's thing. not any it's better. The same
0: thing. Um, so uh, then he stated that they had started to have sex and he decided he didn't want to anymore. And apparently Austin had told Olivia that the girl was blonde and her name was Lisa. Though the physical evidence and those four confession letters, you know, seemed to like seal the deal. It was a big question. Why? Because, you know, I went over like he was very non-confrontational, very laid back, more of like a protective like figure. And from all accounts, him and Lisa didn't know each other that well. Apparently, Uh, Shortly before Lisa had died, um, two witnesses stated that she had just recently changed the beneficiary on her life insurance uh, from Chad to family members. And she was apparently quoted as saying, if anything ever happens to me, you tell the police to look at Chad. Oh, wow. Now, remember, he is... A pul- Shelby County yeah, Sheriff's deputy right. that works for the SWAT team. She apparently had confided in some friends that and relatives that she was a little afraid of him. In the house, it revealed apparently Lisa had recently put it on the market. It had no signs of forced entry, and the lockbox log had showed no record of it being used. Chad had keys to the residence
1: but right then how would have if i don't know that's that's kind of confusing
0: i know that i think that's one of the troubling things that surrounds this case is that there were no signs of forced entry and but i mean
1: if austin had come back and knocked on the door i mean he he was there when she was drunk and they were trying to get her to bed and you know maybe he he came and she let him in initially right and i think that that is pretty much
0: what you know along the same lines of what the police are thinking is that maybe he came back and rang the doorbell and she answered because remember there was a bathrobe so maybe she answered the doorbell threw a bathrobe on real quick, you know. Right. Trying to see who it was. hmm But despite, you know, the no forced entry and the lockbox the lock box not being used, Chad being the only other one with the set of house keys, they were very firm on the fact that they established his alibi and witnesses, you know, putting yeah. him in a place. So he was basically cleared in a way. Yeah. To me, No one is cleared. Oh, I agree.
1: (laughs) Right. Because, you know, somebody can give you an alibi and then later on say, oh, well, sure. Oh, well, I lied actually. Because it happens.
0: Now, to add on to the, you know, the why, you know, non confrontational kind of thing, remember, Austin, you know, he had kidney problems. Yeah. Right. And, you know, by all accounts, he was doing well. However, Apparently, during Austin's autopsy, his right and left kidneys uh, demonstrated changes of end-stage renal failure. Now, what does that have to do with anything? One symptom of renal failure, even though it's not very common, is psychotic behavior.
1: Interesting. I've never heard that.
0: Well, you're a nurse. What do you think? Never heard that. Really? Yeah.
1: I mean, if you had like fluid overload, I mean, potentially you could have an altered mental status, meaning like you wouldn't exactly know. Like you could be a little confused. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've never seen anybody like go and heinously perform a rape and murder because like it would be more to me if you're kid- and this is just I don't know, I'm not an expert, okay, but to me i i I think that's a bullshit excuse, but to me, um, I feel like if you had suffered acute renal failure, okay mm-hmm. to me, you could be altered in a way where you wouldn't know where this person lived. you know what I'm saying, like you wouldn't even know your own location exactly. Well, one of the things they said is that
0: um even though it's rare with the mitigating factors of his stress and his drinking that night, yeah, it could have
1: altered him it that could thing. have
0: like all just essentially been the perfect storm. Okay. Or the
1: unperfect yeah, 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 storm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And remember, he went there and if you know, he left and, you know, got his vehicle from the dealership. Now, the dealership's not far from the neighborhood she lived in. Okay. And so this happened that very same night. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions because it was just like...
1: Right. It Why? it came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could... I could see where maybe he went back and, like, maybe wanted to say, Hey, me and my girlfriend broke up. I thought you were really cute, but maybe I was a little too... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was a little too shy to say anything. And then she potentially let him in. And then he asked her to sleep with him. And she said no. And then he finally raped her. And then after he raped her, he probably tried to cover that up. I don't know. That's just my logic. And we'll probably never know. But I don't know. That's just my thought.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, I'm glad that you said that. Because one of the things that detective keys um he was another detective yeah in this case one of the things he said is and that he told this to the A.G.s because you know they had a lot of questions too it wasn't just
1: right I obviously mean, lisa is the nowhere exactly yeah
0: and obviously lisa is the, the she victim. is the victim here right but, but it's still it left, very difficult for... right it left connie and tommy and of course any other relatives like where did spiraling this come yeah. from like right where you know no signs of any kind of aggressive behavior yeah. from everything i read and so you know there are a lot of question, a lot of questions um it's really it's just a really sad case yeah. and you know like i said by all accounts lisa was a you know a obviously a bad bitch um she right. was happy bubbly um you know she loved she had a lot
1: going for her she
0: did and this
1: horrendous thing happened yeah this
0: absolute horrendous thing happened and you know the why we will never know
1: leave it to anna
0: <laughs> leave it to Anna to bring down a room I'm sorry I'm just kidding <laughs> we'll blame Kaylin. she's the one that told me to do yeah. this this case <laughs> we love you thank you <laughs> no but I mean it's just a really sad case and I think I find it ear perking I guess is yeah. the way to say it about the witness statement stating that Lisa had said, of course, this is, you but know, that's hearsay. always
1: circumstantial, though. I mean. I know. I know. And I find it, you know. I mean, it is odd. But in the same case. like If, you know, anything ever happened to her, look at Chad. Right. But I say that about my own husband. Yeah, the husband always does it. <laughs> I'm just saying in general. Like, they say to look at the. Spot. Oh, yeah, for know. sure. That's all I was saying. Yeah.
0: And, you know, the fact that he was a <coughs> police officer. officer. So. I don't know. It's a very tragic case and it's it's sad that it ended this way. Especially for Lisa, for somebody yeah. who was so... Had so much potential. And so had much so going. much going for and was just a light to the people around her. Yeah. So yeah, that is the case of Lisa Davis. So thanks again for listening.
1: Yes, we of course. I know we say this every episode, but we really appreciate. We say that you. every episode too. Oh God, they are repeating ourselves. We just need to stop. I know. We need to go home. You are home. I know. Look, guys, we're so tired. I mean, um, I, like we set up the pod lab, and I got,
0: um, we got nice little bean bags. We're all yeah. comfy and shit. Like it's real hard not to go to sleep right here. I
1: know. Turn
0: the overhead light out and just leave the little leg lamp on, and it's semi soundproof in here <laughs> 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 it's time
1: for bed guys okay
0: we're like little old ladies yeah it's time for this old lady's bedtime um but yeah uh thanks for thanks for listening and you know thanks again to kaylin for suggesting this case
1: yeah so if you and thanks
0: for bringing the fucking room down kaylin right thank you <laughs> i'm just um, kidding thanks for listening and
1: yeah thanks for support. listening thanks for giving us a shout and giving us a case suggestion if anybody else has a case suggestion email us
0: yeah at out at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook at mno true crime podcast and of course if you want to never miss an episode Follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your favorite podcast,
1: or follow us on Instagram oh, as well. Shit, I forgot. Yeah, Murder's Instagram. Night
0: Out. <laughs> um, join us again next week for another tragic Debbie Downer i'm sure because it's a true crime (laughs) podcast and we just like to bring sadness we like to bring
1: in with humor
0: with humor yeah that's how we deal with stuff
1: yeah that is how we deal with stuff with our little black hearts